Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. The following program is a production of Chilling Entertainment and the creative team at Chilling Tales for Dark Nights and a proud member of the Simply Scary Podcast Network. Visit simplyscarypodcast.com to learn more about this and our other weekly storytelling programs and become a patron today to show your support and get instant access to our extensive archive of downloadable ad-free tales of terror. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. The darkness has found you. Welcome to Season 6, Episode 7. I'm your semi-new host, Eric Peabody, and I'm thrilled that you could join me tonight. This evening's story comes to us by author Reggie Forrester and brings us a young boy named Jim who finds himself questioning his morality. Are we all the same inside? Jim decides to search for the answer himself in a very literal and brutal manner. You're listening to the standard edition of this program. If you'd like to show your support and enjoy ad-free versions of this and all our other episodes, as well as hundreds of tales from our audio archives dating back to 2012, visit simplyscarypodcast.com and click Patrons in the upper menu to sign up today to get instant access from our friends at Chilling Tales for Dark Nights. Thank you for your support. Now, 
allow me to escort you to a place where the sun dies and nightmares come to life. Welcome, listener, to the Horror Hill. You haven't found the darkness. The darkness has found you. And with that said, are you ready for tonight's terrifying tale? Do you think that you have the... guts? Mr. Krakauer had plenty of pennies in his pockets. No dimes, no quarters, not a single silver, only pennies. When Jim first saw him, squatting in front of his house, head bowed, spidery fingers probing something on the ground, the man wore a long black coat and a wide-brimmed hat. Jim stopped, shivering despite the late summer heat. "'What's wrong?' said Billy, Jim's eight-year-old cousin. Billy was staying with him and his mom for the summer. At first, Jim had been enthusiastic. It was like having his own sidekick, someone you could impress easily, who would look up to you no matter what. Jim hadn't imagined how tedious it would be. The young boy couldn't help in a fight. He cried over and over again and got bored whenever they were spying on girls. Sullen, Jim hoped for one thing and one thing only some sort of excitement for the last week of summer. Something special to tell his friends on the first day of school. Something exciting, out of the ordinary. What's that man doing in front of your house? Jim squinted. Don't know. Looks like he's just puked his guts on the road. Gross. I don't want to go near him. Billy's voice quavered. Please, let's wait for him to go away. Jim clenched his fists. Please, not another crying session. He couldn't stand it anymore. The sniffles, the teary eyes, the high-pitched whining. Jim never cried. Not even when his father had passed away, nearly two years before. He was only eleven then. Jim took his cousin by the hand and walked toward the front door. The man didn't move, keeping his head down, hiding the mess on the ground from the boy's view. "'I'm sorry for your dog, little ones,' said Mr. Krakauer. "'It was a regrettable accident.' His voice, dry and raspy, reminded Jim of flesh rubbing on concrete." We don't have a dog, mister. Mom says a cat is more than enough for our house. She's called Ginger because of her red fur. Mom says we'll get a dog when I'm old enough to take care of it myself. I tried to tell her I could do it, but she doesn't believe me. The man put his hands in his pockets and stood up. He was tall, almost unnaturally so. Is that your house? The man gestured towards Jim's house. There, with the rooms for rent sign? Jim was about to answer with a snarky comment when his eyes focused on the dead dog in the road. The mutt had been hit by a car, maybe more than one. 
Its tongue, black and bloated, was slithering through his jaw, out of his smiling mouth. Foul-smelling innards were spilling out of his body, pink and gray, a stain on the asphalt. Flies were already buzzing around the carcass, tiny green jewels sparkling in the late afternoon sun. Jim felt his cousin trembling. Here we go, he thought. The little crybaby is at it again. A surge of anger flashed through his entire body. He knew that if he gave the boy a piece of his mind, he wouldn't be able to hold back his tears. Don't look if you're scared, but there's nothing to be afraid of. It's not going to bite you, you know. Young Billy didn't cry. He didn't move either. He wiped away his tears and looked at the roadkill again, this time with curiosity. Jim, am I like that? Like what? Am I like that, you know, inside? He pointed at the mess oozing from the dog's belly. I think so, yeah. He slammed his hands against his stomach. There's more of it, though, and it holds into place better. Billy was petrified. How do you know what my insides look like? Surely they can't smell like that. Never you mind how I know, I just do. Jim grinned. You bet they smell bad. That's why your breath stinks. Both boys started laughing. Mr. Krakauer was looking at them behind his purple spectacles, motionless, expressionless. A worried cry interrupted the moment. What are you doing in the middle of the road, boys? Jim's mother was on the doorstep. Come inside and wash up. She noticed the strange man looming over the children and stepped outside. Can I help you? What are you doing with my son? I wish to rent a room in your guest house, he said, pointing at the sign. We're full, mister. Mom always says she doesn't rent rooms to weird folks. Shush! Jim's mother wiped her hands on her apron. Forgive the little rascal. He needs a good spanking. She looked at her son with cold anger. Jeremiah Jones, apologize immediately if you don't want to spend the rest of the summer locked inside your room. Jim looked down. Sorry, mister. I apologize. That's quite all right, little fellow. Copper pennies materialized in the man's hand, rolling between his fingers. Take my bags to my room and these are yours. My car is over there, further down the street. One by one, the pennies disappeared into the man's pocket. Jim counted ten pennies, a nice addition to his piggy bank, rolling around the man's fingers and hopping back into his pocket. Jim was standing across the table from his mother in the small kitchen. She was preparing a rabbit. She had hacked its head and cut it open with precise movements and no hesitation. Now she was pulling out its guts, making wet sounds as she removed the squishy lungs, the tangled loops of intestine, and two lumps of brownish and shiny flesh. Kidneys, she said. 
perfect to give the sauce more flavor. Can you pass me the big knife from the rack? The knife collection was a riddle of iron. Stuck to the wall on a magnetic rack or hidden in squeaky drawers, Mom's knives had always captured Jim's imagination. From heavy cleavers to thin, serrated blades, each of them served a unique, higher purpose in Mom's cooking procedure. Cutting, deboning, crushing, slicing. She was a master surgeon at work, giving new life to lifeless matter and food to the hungry. Mom, what is it, sweetheart? Are we all the same inside? Yes, more or less. She smiled at him. It's like the outside. We all have a nose, two eyes, two ears, yet we're all slightly different from each other. Does it change when we grow older? She laughed and shook her head. (laughs) More than you think, sweetheart. That's how life works. Is that why Billy's mom... Shush, she cried. But she's got a... Never mind what she's got or hasn't got. That's another story. You keep your mouth shut about Billy's mom. It's difficult enough as it is. But she is different, isn't she? The sooner you forget about Billy's mom, the sooner I can get back to cooking and the sooner we can eat. What happened to her? Look, what's happening to her is none of our business. Sometimes things happen to people, to women, and they have to go to the doctors for treatment. Will they hurt her? No, no, don't worry, little love. They'll remove her... remove what she doesn't want. It's none of your business what she's doing, and don't go talking about it with Billy. Jim nodded his finger trailing on the blade of the cold, heavy butcher's knife. Now, can you make yourself useful instead of wearing my ears off? Lay the table for me, will you? And put the nice plates and the silverware. We have a guest tonight. Can you tell Mr. Krakauer that dinner will be served at 8 sharp? And make yourself presentable for dinner. I don't want you to embarrass me in front of our guest again. From the other side of the dinner table... Jim felt the pennies in his pocket and looked at Mr. Krakauer. What's the world like from behind purple glasses, I wonder? A purple world with purple plants, purple skin, and a purple stew. He didn't like the stranger. He had tried to look inside Mr. Krakauer's bags before bringing them back to his room. He had loved the feel of the black leather suitcase. Heavy well-used, rectangular. It was the suitcase of someone who had serious business, and it was locked. Interesting. Mysterious. Suspicious. When Jim had dropped the bags in front of Mr. Krakauer's door, he had felt the strange man's eyes gazing at him from behind his glasses, cold purple flames looking into his soul. The bargain had been honored and Jim was ten pennies richer. He put his hand in his pocket, under the dinner table. The jingling pennies felt hot and moist, almost alive. "'Is there a problem with the rabbit stew, Mr. Krakauer?' said Jim's mom. "'I can look around the kitchen for something else if you prefer.' 
No, I am sorry. I already ate and I am full. Time for me to go to work. I'll be back in the morning. Up until this moment, Jim hadn't realized how thin and emaciated the man was. Hollow, overstretched cheeks. Long, bony fingers. Mr. Krakauer hadn't even touched his cutlery, let alone his food. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Apartments.com has more pet-friendly rental listings than anywhere else. So finding the perfect place is easier than ever. And so is finally moving in together. Just the two of you. It's a big step. Lots of new responsibilities. Lots of adjustments. Most likely, they'll wake you up at odd hours to go to the bathroom, and you'll most definitely find yourself in trouble coming home late for dinner. They might even unroll all your toilet paper next time. It's just what happens when you two find a new place together, but you're not doing it because you feel like it. No, you're doing it because you love them, because they're family. And that's why Apartments.com has the most pet-friendly rental listings on the internet so that you and your furry family can find the perfect new place together. Apartments.com, the place to find a pet-friendly place. So much for mom's best plates and silverware. Before she could answer, Mr. Krakauer had left the table. Inside Jim's head, an idea was growing slowly making its way in his 13-year-old mind. I bet he's a werewolf or some type of ghoul. I beg your pardon, Jim's mother erupted. Have you seen his face? Working all night, my... Jeremiah Jones, I will not tolerate this language at the dinner table. I'm sorry, Mom. I meant to say that he's probably a vampire... Billy burst out laughing, water and snot guzzling out of his nose as Jim watched him, proud of his performance. That's it. I can't take it any longer. Jim, go to your room. No dessert. You'll come back once Billy and I have finished to do the washing up. And don't make me call for you. Sullen, Jim retreated and thumped off up the stairs, still annoyed at his mother for telling him off. It had just been a silly joke. But what if... What if he was right? Jim glanced toward the end of the corridor. The guest room. Mr. Krakauer's room, for now. Empty. Door ajar. 
Jim listened. Only familiar sounds coming from the ground floor. Plates clinking, people laughing. His mother and Billy were having a good time cleaning up. I could join them, forget about the strange man with purple glasses, he thought. And then what? Never knowing? Only having half a story to tell? Imagining his friends' faces when he would tell them about the vampire who spent the night at his house, Jim walked through the corridor up to Mr. Krakauer's door. The room was the same and yet irrevocably changed. Jim had expected it to be stained somehow, walls oozing blood and stench all around. It was nothing like that. Everything was neat and cold, as if time had stopped. When Mrs. Chadwick had stayed with them, she had brought with her a bumbling, joyful atmosphere. The room smelled of cookies and old clothes. When Mr. Johnson, the young painter, had occupied the room, it had been dressed in bright colors and strange smells. Strange worlds had been born there under his brushes. If everyone was carrying a bit of their own world with them, he thought, this man's world was gray and silent and dead. The next three days proved to be a test for Jim. Mr. Krakauer was sleeping in his room all day and working outside all night. This sleeping arrangement demanded peace and quiet, something that Jim wasn't known for. Each hour spent in silence amplified Jim's frustration. Whether he was building sandcastles with Billy in the sandbox by the driveway, or playing with dominoes in his room, Jim thought only of Mr. Krakauer. What was he doing all night? What did he keep in his locked leather suitcase? Thankfully, Jim could vent his frustrations when his mother was outside, buying groceries or visiting the neighbors. He would stomp up and down the stairs, slam doors, blow as hard as possible in the flute he had received last Christmas. Billy's crying increased, to Jim's enjoyment. He would tease the boy until he cried. His long, strident wailing next to Mr. Krakauer's door was a delight to Jim's ears. Each evening, he expected his mother to yell at him for bothering their guest and for Mr. Krakauer to leave for good. Each night, he went to bed disappointed, dreaming about what cold and gray deeds the strange man was doing in the shadows. This time, he would get him. Jim had prepared for this moment all day. Billy was asleep since there was no trusting him. The mission would require finesse and stealth. Jim had filled his pockets with cookies and was ready to wait for Mr. Krakauer's return. Hidden in the attic, face down on the floor with an old blanket over his body, Jim would finally learn what the strange man's business was. There was a crack in the floor, large enough for someone to get a good view of the room beneath it. He didn't know why he didn't think about it earlier. 
He had known about the crack for some time and had made it a game to spy on the guests sometimes. When his mother had found out, he had been thoroughly disciplined and had promised never to do it again. But desperate times called for desperate measures. She would understand if he could prove that Mr. Krakauer was indeed something unnatural. Jim was thirsty. His mouth, dry and sticky, felt numb. He wondered what had woken him up. He tried to shake the pins and needles out of his right arm, but only managed in knocking something off the shelf behind him. Glass shattered, covering the floor with sharp splinters. Jim pressed his eye against the crack, looking for any sign that he might have woken up Mr. Krakauer. Nothing. He sighed. The room was dark. Still empty, he thought. What was he doing all night? Then, he saw it. Something gleaming on the floor. Tiny lights. He looked harder, wondering if he was dreaming. The suitcase lay, half open, on the floor. Hard leather, black as night and smooth as sin, and inside, shining iron. Jim gasped. It was the largest collection of knives he had ever seen. Next to it, his mother's kitchen knives looked like toys. Blades came in all shapes and sizes, short, crooked, serrated, cruel, twisted, all sharp, all neat and glittering. Movement. Panic. Breathless. Heart thumping. Jim was safe. He repeated to himself, his breath thin and soft. Safe. Safe. The suitcase was slammed shut. Beneath him, the man stayed perfectly still and silent. Suspicious. Alert. Waiting for a sound. A predator stalking its prey. After a minute of absolute immobility, Jim couldn't feel his legs. He began imagining things. Furry, scuttering things. Crawling things coming out of the shadows, brushing against his legs. He couldn't take it anymore. Jim had to move. He had to scratch his itch to feel his limbs. The floor cracked. A flash of purple. Too late. Well... What are you doing here, my little friend? Alone, in the attic? Uh, I'm sorry, mister. I didn't mean to... Jim's voice, hardly more than a whimper, broke. Don't worry, little fellow. The man's mouth twisted, but with his eyes still hidden behind his glasses, it didn't look like a smile. It's normal for a boy of your age to be curious. There's no harm done. 
please don't tell my mom. Don't be afraid. I'm a doctor, you know. I make people better. I would never hurt you. Mr. Krakauer's gaze focused on the broken glass. My, my, you've made quite a mess. Let me help you fix it. Don't touch the glass. It looks sharp. The man extended his fingers, grabbed a shard of glass, and licked the jagged edge before putting it on his tongue. He swallowed without chewing. I'm a man of unusual appetites. He looked around again until his eyes found Grandma's sewing kit. He clicked his tongue, pricking his finger on the pincushion. There was no blood, Jim realized. Opening wide, the man stuffed the pincushion into his mouth. Jim could see it go down Mr. Krakauer's throat, slowly. The man coughed, a dry, dusty cough full of pins and needles, and spat half a dozen pennies. The following nights, Jim woke up in the little hours of the morning. He could feel Mr. Krakauer arriving, like a cold embrace driving the air out of his lungs. There was never any threat, nor any command, only an expectation, immutable and irresistible. Each time, Jim would listen at the door. Each time, the soft, raspy voice would ask for something different. The requests went from the unlikely to the ridiculous. Bring me something furry, he would whisper. Bring me something sour. Bring me something buzzing. Bring me something forgotten. When Mr. Krakauer finally asked for something precious, an idea sprouted in Jim's mind. He looked in his pocket and felt his lucky coin. Weeks before his passing, Jim's father had given him an old silver bullion, a treasure to remember him by. Ever since, Jim had kept the coin in his pocket, feeling its reassuring weight in times of trouble. He would never have given his father's memento freely, but he wanted to test a theory. Jim stretched his arm and opened his hand. The silver coin lay flat in his palm. Mr. Krakauer sniffed the air, clicked his tongue and backed down, hissing and cursing. Don't play games with me. If you try to bring me something like that again, I will take what I need myself. Now, bring me something alive. The boy was lost. He thought about catching a spider or a fly. He was convinced the man wouldn't mind eating bugs, but he knew somewhere deep within him what Mr. Krakauer had meant. Jim walked to his mother's bedroom, cracked open the door. 
he felt a weight on his chest. Head underwater, trying to breathe, gasping for air. Ginger, the family cat, was looking at him with defiant eyes. The little ball of fur was more than a pet to his mother. Kneeling, he stroked the cat behind the ears and listened to the soft purr. After each step toward Mr. Krakauer's room, the cat seemed heavier, warmer. The door opened, revealing the dark outline of Mr. Krakauer. Come in. Show me what's inside. The next morning, Jim did his best to ignore his mother's worried look. Have you seen Ginger? Did she go in your room? Have you left the front door open? He tried not to think about his night's work. His memories were uncertain. Fumbling about in the dark corners of his mind, groping for a way out of the fog, Jim felt more than remembered what he had done. The suitcase and its glistening tools. A pool of blood, thick and smooth like chocolate sauce. Entrails laid down neatly on the floor. A flesh riddle answered. Wonder, amazement, fascination. Worlds within worlds. Sorry, Mom, I haven't seen her since yesterday. He paused. Me and Billy... Billy and I... She interrupted. Billy and I could look for her. She couldn't have gone far. We could walk to the end of the street, ask around. No further than the end of the street. And don't bother Mrs. Johnson. You know how she gets. Years later, Jim would recall this afternoon as one of the happiest moments of his childhood. He had left a part of himself in Mr. Krakauer's room the night before, the night that he... that his itch had been scratched. The melody of pain and anguish, stuck in his head for years, had been unstuck. She'll be okay, you know. What? What are you talking about? said Billy. Your mom. She'll be fine. I can feel it. Billy looked at him with eyes too old for his face. Thanks, I guess. I'm hungry. Let's go home. Another flash of memory. Just a few words and a purple glint. Next time, bring me Billy. Jim looked at the young boy walking home next to him with his messy blonde hair and sad eyes. What's the matter? Why are you looking at me like that? Bring me Billy. I'll take good care of him. Jim shook his head. There was no way he could do that. Bring me Billy, or I'll stay. Jim could live with what they had done to Ginger, but Billy was family. He was human, goddammit. I'll stay, and I'll eat 
everything you love. Jim looked at the sun, slowly going down toward the horizon. They could try to leave, take a bus or a train, go visit Billy's mom wherever she was, leave and go as far away as possible from this man, this creature. I'll eat everyone you love. Jim held Billy's hand and walked a little quicker. Let's go home, okay? I want to show you something. With the master key he had taken from his mother's room, Jim opened Mr. Krakauer's door. Come in. I think he's sleeping. Won't we wake him up if we go in? I'm not sure we're allowed to do that. Don't be a coward. Come in. I want to show you something, and I don't think he can wake up, even if he wanted to. You go first. I'll follow. Mr. Krakauer was breathing deeply, still dressed in his black coat and wearing his purple glasses. Mr. Krakauer? said Jim. Mr. Krakauer, wake up! No response. No movement. We shouldn't be here. It's not... It's not safe, cried Billy. Jim took the glasses from Mr. Krakauer's nose and put them on. He found himself in a purple room, looking at purple furniture. What are you doing in your purple world, Mr. Krakauer? What are you looking for? A breeze stirred the purple blinds and purple sunlight seeped into the room. It's not funny. We should leave right now. I don't want to be here anymore. Shush, let me think. A quick glance. The suitcase lay beside the bed, locked fast. Mr. Krakauer was still asleep. Jim looked at him through the glasses and jumped back. The man's eyes were wide open, peering at him with hunger, insatiable hunger. Jim removed the glasses. The eyes were shut once more. Glasses on, open so wide they seemed to bulge out of Mr. Krakauer's face, lidless balls of hate. Jim experimented a while and gestured towards Billy. Come here, have a look through the glasses. I want you to see what he is before... And the boy saw. He didn't cry. In fact, he didn't do anything. What a surprise, thought Jim, taking back the glasses. He put them on once again and looked at Billy. Just plain Billy. Young. Afraid. Numb. He looked at the rest of the room. Everything seemed normal, even the suitcase. He looked more closely at Mr. Krakauer's body. Interesting. Very interesting. Jim held his breath. Wait for me, he said, holding Billy by the shoulders. Don't move. Don't do anything. I'll be back in a minute. He walked out of the room walked through the corridor, climbed down the stairs, and entered the kitchen 
In the squeaky drawer, he found the knives and took the biggest and sharpest one he could find. Now I have my own instruments, and I play by my own rules. He traced back his steps to Mr. Krakauer's room, opened the door, and closed it behind him. Jim's mother was hard at work, preparing a chicken she had bought at the farmer's market. She had almost finished gutting it when Jim barged into the kitchen. Mom! Mom! Careful! Can't you see I have a knife in my hands? Stop running around. You're giving me a headache. Mom, have you ever seen anything like this? It was curved like a bell and squishy. It had the texture of a sponge or a mushroom. It was smelly, too. Not too bad, not like rotten eggs or anything like that, more like a swampy kind of smell. Three tubes with tendrils at their ends were protruding from it. Have you been playing in the attic again? Stop bothering me with this old junk. Can't you see I'm busy? That's what I thought, said Jim. Why don't you go play with Billy? But Jim had already left back to his own experiments, back to his own world. This evening, Jim won a friend. Although he never saw Billy again, his mother had recovered from the operation soon and had taken him home, Jim would always remember his cousin with fondness. He had also lost something precious to him, a silver bullion his father gave him before passing away. What he had done with it, he never told anyone. Mr. Krakauer was never seen again. He only left a small bag full of pennies behind him. Not enough to pay for his room, but better than nothing. Of course, if Jim's mother had cleaned the attic, but she never did. Jim had kept the suitcase, although he never figured out how to open it. Maybe there was a key within what he had found inside the man. Whenever he was tempted to find out, whenever he dreamed about the suitcase's content, he remembered that we were not all the same inside. Some people were empty, others full of weird and smelly stuff. You never could know what could get inside your guts if you didn't fill them up with love and friendship. You've been listening to Guts by Reggie Forrester. Thank you so much for tuning in this evening. I'm your host, Eric Peabody, and I'll see you right here at this same time next week. If you've enjoyed what you've heard on today's program, please take a moment to stop by our iTunes page or wherever else you listen to your favorite podcasts and leave us a five-star review and a kind word. It makes a huge difference and would mean a lot to me. If you'd like to hear a premium, ad-free edition of tonight's and all of our other episodes, visit simplyscarypodcast.com today and click the Patrons link in the menu at the top of the screen. 
You'll find yourself at ChillingTalesForDarkNights.com, where you can become a patron for as little as $5 per month and get access to our entire audio archive dating back to 2012, including past episodes of this program, all of our other shows, and hundreds of standalone releases, all of them ad-free and available to download or stream. Thanks so much for your time and for giving our sponsors a try today. When you support our sponsors, you help support this show, and that means a lot to me. If you happen to use Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube, you can follow and subscribe to Chilling Tales for Dark Nights there, where you'll get all of our latest updates and new releases, and have the chance to interact with us each and every week. You'll find me personally on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Until next week, listener, when we meet up once again atop the horror hill for yet another dance with darkness, I bid you good night. Sleep tight, listener, and whatever you do, if you hear scratching at your door, don't open it. The darkness may have found you, but it's up to you to let it in. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Horror Hill Podcast, a production of Chilling Entertainment and the creative team at Chilling Tales for Dark Nights and a proud member of the Simply Scary Podcast Network. Visit simplyscarypodcast.com today to learn more about our network and our other amazing storytelling programs. Tonight's episode was hosted by, and its featured tale performed by, yours truly, Eric Peabody. Selected stories have been adapted with the kind permission of their respective authors. Original music provided by Felipe Ojeda. Finalization by Craig Groshek and N.M. Brown. Got a terrifying tale of your own that you'd like performed? I take submissions. Email it to us today at submissions at simplyscarypodcast.com to have your work considered for future production. If you enjoyed what you heard on tonight's program and are joining us on your favorite podcast app, please subscribe to us to make sure you never miss an episode and leave us a five-star review and a kind word. Your feedback means a lot to me. You can also follow Chilling Tales for Dark Nights and yours truly on social media to connect any time and get the latest updates on this and our other programs. If you're listening on the Chilling Tales for Dark Nights YouTube channel, do us a favor and hit the subscribe button and the bell notification icon as well to get more spooky tales from me and the crew and another episode of this program each and every week. And don't forget to hit the thumbs up button to let us know how we're doing and leave a kind comment. Lastly, don't forget to visit us at ChillingTalesForDarkNights.com and consider supporting the team by becoming a patron. In addition to helping us out, you'll get exclusive access to our audio archives and ad-free downloads of all of your favorite stories, including those you've heard on this program. As for me, you can hear more of my work on the Chilling Tales for Dark Nights podcast. However, I will be back next week with more terrifying tales to keep you up all night. If darkness is what you're after, listener, 
your search is over. Yet, let it be known, you haven't found the darkness. The darkness has found you. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.